Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. So last week, uh, if you heard online, we explored the book of Galatians, and Paul was writing to a church, teachers, they're teaching a false gospel. They're teaching this gospel about salvation, and let me catch you up if you didn't hear it. They're teaching this new way of Christianity, quote-unquote, that said, okay, if you're Jewish, you now have to take your Judaism and the ways of practicing your Jewish faith, and you have to now marry it into Christianity. So you can follow Jesus, but you have to follow all 613 Mosaic laws, 613 laws, plus now you follow Jesus, and that's going to give you salvation. In the book of Galatians, Paul is extremely firm. He uses firm words, even a little bit of sarcasm we're going to hear today in the scriptures. And he's doing this for a reason. That gospel married the idea of I have to earn my way to heaven plus earning and working my way into God's good graces now adds into the idea that God forgives and saves all people. So there's there's a conflict here. Either I can earn my way into heaven or God does forgive and God's grace does fill it all. So when Jesus came, he came and started preaching this new thing. And he says it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. This is the New Living Translation. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. The, the law that was given was set up to expose sin. The whole idea of the early, of the early laws was saying, look it, you want to be right before God, accomplish these 613 things, and then keep coming back over and over and over again, asking for forgiveness. This is how you accomplish a right standing with God. And so we look at the Jewish people in the Old Testament over and over and over again. They can't do it. They fail. So they, they start. They do good. They fail. They repent. God forgives them. They start. They do good. They fail over and over and over. I just summarized the entire Old Testament for you. God created stuff. We created, we created the mess. God fixed it. That's the entire Bible, right? So this was happening. But they were mixing culture. They're mixing their culture and this new way of Jesus together. So they're like, well, wait a minute. We're Jewish, and we learned all this, and this is the way of God. This is the law of God. But then Jesus came, and he said, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. It doesn't make sense. So they were teaching, you have to keep all these laws and follow Jesus. The problem with that is it's impossible. It is humanly impossible to keep all 613 laws. It's impossible. You've messed up a whole lot of them today already. There's laws were set in place to expose the impossible nature of having a right standing with God, to keep ourselves pure before him, to keep ourselves righteous before him. It's impossible. And so when Jesus came, he said, look, I came, and this is the idea. You could not do everything we asked you to do. Therefore, I have done all 613 for you. Now it's one, me. It's all turned into one. Follow me. That's it. I'm the one who completed the laws for you. I fulfilled what you guys could not do as humans. I am the answer to it. So when you do this, there's a shift. It shifts off of the laws onto Jesus. And the shift now makes it simpler. But the shift moves away from what we do 
in our faith in Christ, and it goes into simple faith. It's not what we do, it's the simple faith. Just believe. It's almost, it's too simple. It's too simple. It's got to be more complicated than that. Maybe if we really study the Bible more, and we go to seminary, and we Bible study ourselves till we're blue in the face, we're going to find that there's actually something else in here about salvation. It's not. It's just faith in Christ alone. The other component of it, of the good works, comes because of our faith in Christ. We find out that our faith in Christ doesn't come because of our good works. Our faith in Christ comes from faith in him, and then the Spirit of God is in you to do good works. So this is what's crazy, and I don't understand about God. I don't understand a lot of things about God. So if you're confused, I get confused too. So here's something I don't understand. Why does God give us the power, talents, and abilities to do good works? But yet, at the same time, he blesses us for doing those good works. Think about it. We don't have the ability to do them. God's spirit in us does them. He puts his spirit in us. We start to do things for the kingdom. We start to ignite this movement of love. We're making disciples. We're sharing. We're doing good things. But at the same time, God blesses us for doing the thing that he put inside of us anyways. That's not fair. I didn't earn that. I'm just kind of riding along the waves here a little bit. It can't be that simple. No, 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 no. It can't be that. There's got to be something else in there. Like if I just, if I'm really, really work hard, maybe if I just did my quiet time every single day and every single day I'm reading and I say, God, aren't you happy with me now? That it, it, nope. He just loves you. Faith in him. He does good works through you. It is so simple. But the Galatians were believing a false gospel. They were believing a gospel that says, I'm going to do good works, and I'm going to follow Christ, but if I'm not doing good works, I'm not following Christ. I'm not truly following him. So there was a conflict of interest. This brings us to our passage today, Galatians 3, verses 1 through 9. If you guys have your Bible apps, phones, iPads, whatever, feel free to open those up. We do not have Bibles under your chairs, um, because once you get your COVID all over them, but uh, feel free to use your own phones, and we'll have it up here on the screen as well. Galatians 3, 1 through 9. Paul starts out by saying, hey, stupids, (laughs) you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you, sarcasm. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish it by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you, so that those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Paul starts, what are you doing? Like, what? Who fooled you? Like, guys, you are not this stupid, right? Like, those are some firm, old, 2,000-year-old words there. Like, what are you doing You made all these steps forward. You knew the living God. You heard the simplicity of the gospel. And now all this, you're throwing it away. 
Verse 2 brings this boom. He says, okay, please, why don't you tell me? Sarcasm right here. Like, I'd like to learn one thing from you since you guys are so smart. Like, please tell me, did you start actually living a life that's different when you followed the law? Or did the Spirit come in you and you start doing new things because of God? You used to follow the law just fine. Nothing happened. All of a sudden, Jesus comes. Now the Spirit's on you guys and all these miracles are happening. And so you have evidence of the Spirit in your life, but you're saying that you got to add the law back into it? They were, they were fooled. And here Paul, this church, said, man, guys, it's so simple. Why are you making this more complex than you have to? The Word of God is so clear. But inside of us, we have this tendency, like, I bet you feel somehow, some way, you've got to earn your way to God to like you. Like, i got to work at this thing for God's love. And depending on your background, your family background, how you grew up, were you loved as a child, have you gone through someone who says they love you but it didn't work out, were you in an abusive relationship, all these things that could be in your background starts to say, God just can't love me. I've got to, I've got to earn my love. Maybe you're a student right now, and you're saying, like, I worked so hard to get those A's. I have to earn those A's. A's mean success. And then if your parents, you come to your parents, like, look, I didn't get all A's. I got A's and a B. And they're like, well, that's not good enough. And they start to reject you as a student or one of the kids in school. But you start to say, wait, I got to earn their love. If I get A's, then I'm loved. Something inside of us is we've been working, working, working to try to find that love. But we don't need to. So what is important, I mentioned this last week in, this, in the sermon, is that you have to know the scriptures. You have to know what is real and what is fake. You have to be able to discern because I can make anything up I want right now. You go on the interweb right now and Google stuff and you will see all sorts of things, what people are saying. The only truth that we have is the word of God. That's all that is true, the word of God. No one should speak something different than what the word of God says. That is truth. Now, there's interpretations, and sometimes you take different ways of things. Understandable, but understand this. Anybody who says something that's true about God outside of Scriptures, you test it with Scriptures. Because here, they didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the New Testament. They had the Old Testament, and they heard the stories of Jesus. Around that time, there had been circulating articles. People were writing down the miracles of Jesus. And then Paul was just sending a letter, like an email. He's sitting in jail typing the email to all of us. Hey, Mosaic. Why are you guys so stupid? Like, that's what he was doing. So he's writing a letter to this church. He's like, guys, Jesus did it all. You don't have to earn your way. You don't have to work your way. If you believe you have to earn your way or work your way to heaven, you make the cross not that important. And that's really, really important to understand. If we start to believe that the, the cross wasn't everything, if what Jesus didn't do was everything, you diminish the power of God's work on that day. We have to keep the strength of the gospel forefront, and the gospel is all we need. We're not going to add extra stuff to it. The gospel is all we need. That is the foundation of our faith. And the word of God, when you read the New Testament, points only to the gospel. Points, 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 back to the gospel. God loves us. God died for us. God loves us. He died for us. You're not good enough. You can't earn your way to heaven. All those things we start to hear. And this church was fooled, a lot like we are today. Even in our, in our realm of Christianity, something inside of us have made us feel like we need to earn our way there somehow, some way. Sometimes we feel that tension inside of us. 
of like, well, I got to do this stuff or God doesn't really like me or I'm not being a, quote, good Christian. Good Christians do this. Bad Christians do what Jason does, right? Like, good Christians. That's not what the gospel is. The gospel says none of you are good and God so loved you that he died for you. That's the gospel. There is nothing good inside of you. There's nothing good. It says all of our good works like filthy rags before God. Like we can't do it. That's the gospel. Imagine if you had to earn your way in. Now, I'm a, I'm a Christmas dork. I love Christmas. And I know we're almost at halfway of Christmas. And my kids always joke about stuff. They put Christmas movies on in summer. I get super salty because I love summer more than anything in the world. I love Christmas. Then winter ends, right? Like I love Christmas. And when I was a kid... We'd get the piles of presents. Someone would play Santa, and they'd hand out the presents, you know, and you get, like, your little pile of presents. And every kid in the world, if you didn't do this, you're way um, cooler than I am and holier. I'd shake them, right? And I'd have this game, like, I'd try to figure out what it is. Like, oh, that's totally a G.I. Joe, man, you know? Like, I'd shake them, and stuff that sifted, no, man, that's socks. You put those on the side. You wanted the stuff that clanked. Like the stuff that, like, you know, like you knew this is going to be something cool. Um, so now, like, now I totally fool my family. I put, like, weights and stuff so they don't guess what it is because they always try to guess. But um, so we would do this. I would, I would shake and shift, and you kind of, and then maybe you wanted to, like, disperse the socks among so toy, toy socks, toy, toy socks, right, or whatever. Like, but you love, there's this moment. And if you had Christmases with families and you would eat during that time, the smells. Do you remember the smells of Christmas? The tree, the cinnamon, the turkey, ham, whatever you guys have. Um, you could just, this smelled the whole house. There's all this joy and all this laughter. We're having all this fun. And as a kid, it's like just electric energy, like you can't sit down. And so imagine you open all the gifts and there's all this present wrapping paper all over the place and you're so excited. And you go to the meal and you sit down. And it's like the best meal ever, like super good. And like you're just totally stuffed and like, oh, I can't eat anymore. But as finish, dinner is finishing up, all the adults start pulling out pieces of paper and they start writing things down. And you're handed five or six pieces of paper. This is what you owe for the day. Here's, here's the receipt for all the toys I bought you and socks, whether you liked them or not. Here's a receipt for what you ate today. Here's a receipt for all the cookies you ate. Now, you now have not I want you owe me $5,000. And you're a kid, you're like, well, I ain't got $5,000. That's because those weren't gifts. If we expect that we have to pay something back, that's not a gift. A gift is something that's given by the giver. It's free. It's free of charge. I just want to give it to you. You don't have to earn it from me. You don't have to pay me back. It's a gift is a gift is a gift. It's not a gift if I give you something and say, did you like it? Yeah, okay, can I have 50 bucks? It doesn't make sense. That's called a transaction. And the beautiful thing about God is that it's not a transaction, it's a gift. The gospel is a gift. It is free. You can't earn it. You can't pay it back. If you tried really hard with 613 laws, you're going to mess them up, and then you'd fall short. Just as Christmas Day would not be joyous knowing, I'd be all stressed out. Like, I don't want, I don't want that gift. I can't pay for that, you know? Like, I'd be all stressed out and freaking out. Like, I'll have one piece of ham. Like, that's it, you know? Because I'm a cheapskate. But anyways, um, if that's what gift is, I don't want it. But God gave us the gift. God gave us the gospel. It's something that's beautiful. 
And that's what Paul's bringing back to. This was God's work for you. Verse 4 gives us something interesting insight into the Galatians. It says, have you experienced so much in vain if it's really in vain? And so experience can be translated to suffered. Have you suffered so much for nothing? So the church of Galatia has been suffering. There's been persecution. There's been things going on. And this church had to fight through cultural. As they left their culture, they would be ridiculed. Their families would leave them. Terrible things were happening. They're being persecuted by the government. They wanted to squash this thing as a follower of Jesus. And so they'd gone through all of this different pain and issues. And he's like, wait, if you just went through all this and you suffered for this, and now you've gone all the way back, you did it for nothing. Like, I uh, just jumped back into my health and fitness world of running, and um, boy, I love running, and I hate running. Like, the, the first months of running is like, you just are sore all the time. Like, everything aches. Everything aches. And some of you may not know this, some of you do or don't. I, I've run four marathons. Four marathons. Um, and I, once I had some stuff going on, I had an injury, I was out for a while, and then COVID, blah, 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 blah. I've gained the COVID-20. If you didn't get it, I got yours. Thank you. So, so I, I got back into running. And you want to know what the most difficult part of getting back into this is I tell myself as I'm huffing and puffing at mile two, you used to run 26. That's the hardest mental thing for me. You used to run six, 26. And why this is so hard and why I struggle with this idea is that I have lost so much. I trained and trained and trained and trained. I let it all go. I suffered and, and I, I was, all the pain, all the suffering was all now gone. And Paul makes this example, friends, you have gone through so much for the sake of the gospel. Why have you thrown away the beauty and the simplicity of it for nothing? And so he makes his case in verse 5 and 6. So again, I ask you, I, again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by work of the law or by believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and was credited as righteousness. He asked, did the spirit come with you? Was it the spirit that was doing the work or was it the law? Again, just proving the point that it's not of the spirit. If it's not of the spirit, what are you doing? The law didn't save you. All those rules didn't save you. It says this in Introduction to New Testament, fantastic book if you want to do some back study in scriptures. We should not miss the importance of Paul's appeal to Abraham. This takes the reader back to a time when the law had not been given. The covenant established with Abraham takes precedent over the law. The law cannot annul the promise of God. Those who were forsaking simple reliance on the promise of God were returning from the divinely appointed way and mistaking the real purpose of the law. They took the idea of the law and they twisted it. They got confused by it. And the gospel is just so simple. They had a hard time accepting the simplicity of it. They had a hard time understanding, I used to have to do all these, now God just simply loves me. Not understanding that Jesus did all of them so that it's over. Deep down inside, do you really think that God loves you? Deep down inside, do you really think that you don't have to earn your way into his love? Deep down inside, do you understand salvation, Jesus Christ, comes by faith alone? Now by faith, the Spirit comes, and the good works that we do, our life transformation is coming because God is transforming us. It isn't just like, okay, I'm saved, now I do whatever I want. Paul's not teaching this. 
Salvation comes, and now transformation comes. So I move from lost to found, from dark to light. So, but it's the Spirit of God in me doing good works for his kingdom. Not for mine, but for his kingdom. And he makes the point, the good works that we have, the things that are coming out of us, is because we believed what we heard, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not fair because it's so simple. Life is not fair, and the gospel is not fair. Fair would be that we would all be destroyed, that God's favor would never be on us. That's not it. That, that would be fair because we've messed this up. What's not fair is he loves us when we don't deserve it. What a beautiful, beautiful God that we sing and worship to that would love us. All that we are, all of our mess, all of our struggles, God loves us. He loves us. It's free. And what we learned today is the law of Moses exposed how we can't save ourselves. But the gospel exposes God's love by saving us. I want you to hear this again and drive this in. The law of Moses, and we're going to use the word religion, okay? Let's just do these things and then God's happy with you. The law of Moses exposed that we can't save ourselves. The gospel exposes God's love by saving us. When we talk about religion and relationship, there's the shift. Either I do good things or I'm not good, God loves me. It can't be both at the same time. Now our good works, God's just pleased in us. He just pleased, loves us, and then blesses us for what he's doing through our lives. But it all starts with obedience. Do you really believe God just loves you and is that simple? It all comes down to this. Are we trying to earn our love, our acceptance, our salvation, or are we just loved? Friends, it takes the pressure off of us. It, it changes the narrative when you believe God just loves you. Because now I live my life for him out of love, not out of fear. I don't live afraid God's going to turn his back on me. He said he never would do that. I now live my life in freedom, and I now express this love into the world because I'm one of his kids. It's all I am. I'm just one of his kids. I'm just Jason. He just loves me. I don't deserve it. He just loves me. The true gospel is so simple. Do you really believe it? It's easy as just faith in Jesus Christ. The Galatians didn't, but Paul, in his harsh words, corrected them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.